0: Hi, I'm David Legere of Woodhall Press, and you're tuned in to publish this over lunch. I'm joined today by Lisa Judge. Uh, Lisa, and this, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, would you pronounce this last name for me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So yeah, I use Lisa Judge too, but I use my name in the Irish language uh, for a lot of things, which is Lisa Nick on So So it's it's a tough one.
0: I wasn't even going to attempt it. I was like, I, I was like nope. Uh, and Lisa, of course, she comes to us from Dublin, Ireland. She's a writer of flash fiction in both English and the Irish language. She writes on a variety of themes with a particular focus on women and their lives. In recent years, she was awarded prizes in Irish uh, short story and flash fiction competitions and became editor of Splunk, a bilingual, a bilingual Irish flash fiction e-zine. Which we'll talk about in a moment, but uh, let's just start it off uh, first. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate this. And would you tell us something you found incredibly inspiring uh, in the literary world in twenty twenty?
1: Yeah, I think it's quite a like like a broad strokes uh, thing, but I think just how all of the creatives, be they writers or, um, you know, musicians, but but writers in particular, obviously, I had my eye on, um, how they really stepped up to the plate when their whole world just changed so much, you know, and, and our lovely public readings of our writings were gone and our writing circles where we all came together around a table were gone and publishing was up in the air and, you know, everything was changed so much. And I just thought it was so... Uh, It was such a credit to uh, writers that, you know, like in one sense, people would say they had it easy because we were at home and, you know, we can write away. And that wasn't stopped. But in another sense, it was so hard to, to get your work out there for so many reasons. So I loved how people found new ways of sharing stories and, you know, immediately started sharing stories about this situation we find ourselves in. Like there's a fabulous book from the UK. Uh, called um, I think it's Dear NHS and it's um, this great writer there where he shared a lot of sort of celebrities stories of how the NHS had helped them in their lives that's their health service in the UK um, and, and it's fabulous because it was a sort of tribute to the healthcare workers. This is one we had in Ireland um, it's called Post Work. And it was lots of different writers coming together and sort of artists and stuff too. And they did some pictures and, you know, creative pieces and poems and, um, about the pandemic, and I think we'll we'll see writings about the pandemic for so long. But just between that and sort of things like this, uh, Dave, you know, Instagram Live, you know, we did with Splunk, um, our easy, we did a an online event where lots of writers shared their work on Zoom. You know, it, it's different, but it was. I I thought it was really innovative and really, it happened so quickly, you know, where people were challenged with this new world and they just immediately said, what can we do? How can we do this well, you know? And the writers were certainly, I think, front and center for a lot of that.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating you say this because a lot of what I've been hearing uh, from people that I've talked to is exactly what you've said. It's this community that's fostered in in a digital way that nobody fully anticipated, and it's being able to. And I, I actually just read a, an article the other day that was saying how humans have this wonderful ability to adapt and, and relatively quickly. Yeah. You know, they, everybody keeps saying the new normal and in in all these phrases, but really what it is is we're able to pivot. And and right now we're having a conversation, right? And uh, that <laughs> wouldn't ordinarily be possible, uh, and it's thanks to technology. Yeah. So, so I'm grateful yeah, for that. Yeah.
1: But, you yeah, know, and it's sad that we can't, you know, fly across the sea to each other between Ireland and the US. Like there are so many great, great Irish US connections and such a wonderful relationship that I think is really special, you know. And it's it's sad that we yeah. can't do that anymore. And so many Irish are in the states. So many Americans are here. And uh, I hope, yeah, I hope I can get back over soon and and we can reconnect physically. But I think this this is is a great, you know, interim measure.
0: I agree. Uh, and
1: and it's I, that's
0: probably one of the things I, I miss the most is actually is the travel. I love to travel. So the idea of yeah. I was hoping to actually do a trip to Ireland and England uh, this fall. It was one of my, uh, my things to do for the year. But that's OK. Everybody's pushing off a trip.
1: Now, but You'll anyway. be back. Anyway,
0: <laughs> so the idea of, of Ireland to Yukon, Right. You studied at Yukon, which I find yeah. I also was a Yukon graduate for undergrad. And uh, this idea of, of traveling to Yukon and this background that you have, how has it shaped your writing, right, this international background?
1: Mm. Well, I found I was writing a lot about nature uh, when I was at Yukon because it's such a beautiful place. If people don't know it, if they visit um, Connecticut and go to the University of Connecticut, it's like I used to describe it to friends like the Snow White cartoon film, you know, like these right. little chipmunks and squirrels running around the place. And like I'd come out of, I had a little office because I was a TA and I, I'd come out of my office and there'd be a squirrel and a chipmunk sitting there waiting for me. And I was like, I felt like Snow White, you know, it was amazing. <laughs> but uh, it, it was really such a beautiful place to be and to write and to be inspired. And of course, when you travel, like, as you said, David, it, like it, like it changes your life, and it and it changes your perspectives on things, and it changes how you see things. And so, when I was there, I wrote about so many different things, and and like it was inspired by the beautiful place. I also was inspired by the wonderful Gina Bareka, uh, who of course published uh, the the book we're going to talk about. Um, she was my writing teacher there. I took the, took an advanced uh, creative nonfiction class with her, and that was truly transformative it really changed my whole it just really gave me such a boost as a young writer and um, we had it, it, super intensive like every week we had to submit a creative non-fiction piece so that alone, like to give that to other people, something about your life, something really, you know, deeply personal to people that like I had just arrived in this country and I was sharing it with 10 Americans. And I was like, this is so personal, you know, and, and we shared it and then we each critiqued each other's work. So we got like 10 critiques back every week. And it was like, it was the most beneficial thing I've ever had in my writing career Um, because to get that much feedback is something writers crave, you know? So that and then finally, I suppose when I returned to Ireland, I just saw Ireland with these new eyes. Everyone says that too when you return to your home place. Like Ireland truly is one of the most beautiful places on earth. I think the most beautiful. But um, I came back and I just saw all this green and i saw like this beautiful coastline if you come to ireland you have to go to the west coast is is so beautiful and it, that really inspired me and made me realize how connected to this country that i am and how much i love it and i'm proud of it and so yeah i think a bit of u.s and a bit of ireland uh you know both of them are homes to me in different different ways I'm still so connected to my friends over there and see them when I can and once a year usually and um, but uh, yeah they they are all part of my writing now and I like to think of it as kind of Irish American writing now.
0: Yeah it's it's that idea that sometimes you need to go far away to rediscover yeah. where you yeah. came from and uh, yeah, yeah I remember I was living in similarly I was in Spain I remember I, I went back the other day to look at my journal entries right because we, we do that right every now and then and I was uh, surprised to see how lonely I felt when I was in Spain at one point and like reflecting mm. on that and I was thinking back to those moments and then tying it in even to today with the pandemic and the, that kind of that feeling of loneliness and I, it's just uh that idea of travel how it brings us mm. connection. Right. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this I'm kind of curious that you sticking on this uh, Ireland, you know, I'm fascinated. You you write in both English and Irish. How does that experience vary? And, uh, you know, can you tell us just a little bit more about the
1: Irish language writing world and writers? I, I'm fascinated. <laughs> I'd love to and I'm hoping um, I told my little Irish language writing circle that this was happening so I I think some of them might be tuned in and um, yeah I suppose the Irish language uh, some people call it Gaelic but I suppose the correct name is Irish it's Irish Gaelic where you also have Scots Gaelic and things like that and so Irish um, you know is sort of you know being revived by the younger generations and by people of all generations, I should say, really. But, it, you know, there's a revival sort of happening over the last decade or so in the cities and in all parts of Ireland. And it really, you know, writing, I suppose, is part of that because so many people, I think, who are bilingual and who learn Irish and who speak Irish will be creative and will want to share their their language and their writing and their, their music through this language uh, because it's so special to so many of us who speak it. It's it's our heritage, it's our culture, you know, It's, it's one of the oldest languages in the whole world, like I think it's in the top five oldest languages. So like, you know, like we have such a literary history here. And like a lot of that is linked to the Irish language. So even if you read Joyce and Yeats, the English that you're reading is based on the, like comes from the Irish language. So I, you know, not everyone would agree, but I would think that the Irish language is a real font for like a lot of that, um, you know, it's that sort of stream running underneath our, our literary history. And so, yeah, writing in Irish is really important and special to me. And I've always written in both languages and people always say, oh, which do you prefer? And I, <laughs> I don't have a preference. I don't have one that I like more, but I do think I write in different ways and more 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 so recently, I've tried to translate some pieces that I write in one language or the other and and so that I have a version in both languages. I don't see it as a translation when it's creative. I see it as two versions of the same story. And I find like... I wrote, for example, about um, this awful story, you know, and people will know that in Ireland we have a very complicated history with with women's rights and with, um, say, abortion, for example. And there was a story of a girl called Anne Lovett who um, died because she was a teenager. She got pregnant and she didn't... Well, nobody knows what happened exactly, but she died at a grotto at a statue of the Virgin Mary. Uh, and it was just this, like, crazy symbol to me of the Ireland that was only this was only like 30 40 years ago and I found myself writing about that in Irish and I found that writing about that in Irish was much more comfortable because it's such a truly Irish story you know. And um, yeah, I think I like I love writing in both languages. The Irish language writing community is wonderful. In in Dublin, I can only speak for, but I think there are people all over Ireland doing this, and um, Belfast too in Northern Ireland. Uh, the the sort of Irish language world is the creative Irish language world is excellent and and really vibrant. And um, but we meet like we have a little Irish language group uh, run by a great friend of mine, Railton, who's a published author here in Ireland. She um, gathers together Irish. Writers, uh, and we've been meeting on Zoom now, which is great. And you know, people of all ages, all sexualities, all genders, and we just like share our writing and give each other um, feedback so. Yeah, that's great. And there are lots of Irish language writing competitions. Splunk that I um, edit uh, is bilingual e So if any of you tuned in in the States, um, you're welcome to submit. And we've lost the submissions from the States. Uh, it's Splunk is the name of it because Splunk is the Irish word for flash or flame. And so oh. it's the translation of flash fiction and then the word anglicised. So S-P-L-O-N-K ie is the website and uh, yeah it's great. I love flash fiction I've always written flash fiction from before I knew when I knew what it was and uh, I think it really works in both English and Irish you know
0: So for anybody you know listening that's not familiar how would you categorize flash fiction?
1: Yeah, I love to describe it as like a little flash, a little moment in time um, that's encapsulated in a piece of writing. It's to be sort of pragmatic about it, it's kind of maximum 500 words, but that could be argued by a million people, I'm sure. Uh, But I generally think of it as 500 words. You know, some flash fiction is like two or three words long. And it's incredible how, you know, there was a famous Dickens one, I think it was Dickens, um baby shoes never worn for sale something like that someone yeah, will kill me and yeah. I'm that wrong but yeah that one to me um was incredible like six words and he manages to get this powerful story across so that's flash it's a really it's just one moment in time is the way I would categorize it and yeah I guess some people call it a short short story um, but I love it. I think it's such a powerful way to share stories. And uh, that's why I was delighted that Gina Bereka chose that as the sort of for this anthology that, that we participated in, that it was it was flash because it's my favorite. And it's the upcoming genre. I think it's the future, because I think we all have these really short attention spans now. So flash fiction is perfect for us when we, when we can't focus on a, on a novel, but uh, hopefully we keep the novels, too. <laughs>
0: It's fascinating to bring that up. I was just talking to my students this morning about the we call it the uh, deep concentration, right? Like, how do you get into the flow state anymore? And how do you mm-hmm. how do you uh, just fall into something for hours at a time? And, you know, yeah. no distractions. And it's, it's more and more of a challenge. So that's why uh, we started producing these um, flash nonfiction over the years. We've got micro memoir. And, of course, Fast Funny Women that you mentioned, edited by Gina Baraka. You're included in it. And it comes out uh, March 2nd, uh, available everywhere yeah. books are found. And both uh, there's an audio book of it. There's an e-book of it. Paperback book of it. So whatever, whatever version you want, uh, it's out there.
1: <laughs>
0: so, yeah, uh, you I'm know, that... so
1: delighted to be part of it. Yeah, it's a really great anthology.
0: Well, I wanted to touch on that because I was surprised to find out that you don't write humor ordinarily, right? You wrote humor. <laughs> the piece and you yeah. you nailed it so what's your experience on this like you know writing humor what's what's the challenge
1: <laughs> yeah poor dave like getting on to me before the interview saying oh tell me how you know your expertise in humor and i was like oh, i don't know i don't <laughs> have expertise in humor um i mean my friends my friends always say like you should do comedy like you're funny um but it's a very different thing being like a storyteller and being funny you know I don't know telling jokes and then writing it like it was such a challenge and to be like really frank and honest and this is a real like, <laughs> I'll regret even telling this story but I think it's funny so I'll tell it um I wrote this piece I wrote this really personal powerful piece I submitted it and then I realized it should have been humorous <laughs> So Gina was like, Lisa, what is this piece? Like this is a this is an anthology by, like funny women and. <laughs> I just, it was one of those, it was a crazy time, it was busy. I didn't read one word in that email and I had to redo the piece. But then I was like, wouldn't it be a challenge to write this piece, which was about, you know, me finding my my sexuality uh, and, and going on a date, something quite personal. Wouldn't it be funny to try and make this funny, this like raw personal thing, make it funny. And I think being able to do that showed me that you can make anything funny you can make anything you know you can find humor in anything and you know it became this this piece about you know uh, like an all people who wear mascara be they you know men or women or or non-binary or whatever they'll they'll say you know like they'll get this but I was things like doing my makeup on the bus and like stabbing myself with the mascara and then being covered in this black and you know like dropping my bag because I was so nervous and, and all of these things so it was that thing of you know there's humour in any, anything. And there certainly was humour in that story that I hadn't seen until I had this challenge. So I think I'd say to anyone to to give it a go that it, it, it's certainly hard. I, I always wonder, I wonder how female comedians can do it. I wonder how people can write comedy regularly, but uh, it's, it's doable, put it that way. And I had to read a lot and kind of get in the flow of it. But yeah, you could find humour in anything.
0: <laughs> what I was told uh, was that uh, it's mindset. So depending on your mindset, like you said, you can make anything funny, you can make anything sad, you can make anything happy. All it really says is it says something more about your mindset. So when you're writing about something, are you telling a story? Mm. How are you doing it? Are you doing it in such a way that you're making people feel happy, sad, laughing, whatever it is? Are you evoking the emotion in them that you're intending to? And, uh, you know, it's funny, funny, my actually, my mom, she'll tell a story and it'll sound like a tragedy, you know, like the garbage, you know, falling all over the road or something. And, and you know, to anybody else, I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible. Must have ruined your day. But if you tell it in the right way, and depending on how you tell yeah. it, it suddenly becomes a hilarious story that people will account for years to come. You know, so it's it's the power of words, right? <laughs> mm,
1: yeah and we're like we're natural born storytellers in this country so I don't think any Irish person or anyone connected to Ireland in any way even if it was your grandparent we have it in our blood like that's what it's all about and it's not about Joyce and Yates always it's about sitting down and telling a funny story you know and am telling recounting something that happened and um, I think yeah I think storytelling is wonderful and I think we all definitely Americans have it too I've seen it you know firsthand <laughs>
0: oh oh yeah oh yeah so you're an editor you touched on this already you're an editor for splonk.ie which is a bilingual mm-hmm. fiction uh e-zine uh, you know anybody uh listening right now be sure to check it out i'm curious sort of like can you tell us a little bit more about what an e-zine is because that's a a term that a lot of uh listeners might not actually be familiar with and sort of how sure, you know sure. you kind of
1: found your way there <laughs> Yeah, so no, 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 really good questions. I think um, I also had to question Easy and say, well, is this like an email that someone gets or whatever? But <laughs> essentially just what we do is we gather these pieces of flash fiction from people in English and Irish from all over the world. Anyone can submit. It's an Irish magazine, but it's uh, for people all over the world. And we publish them on our website and we share them widely online and we share them on Twitter and things like that. So it's a really online uh magazine i guess is is, to put it simply um and yeah it's been amazing i've been involved for like a year and a half now, I think, um, through a fabulous writer who I saw just joined joined us uh, recently there in the conversation, Um, Nuala. Hi, Nuala. She is a bilingual writer herself. She's a fluent uh, Irish speaker too. And I was taking part in one of her workshops, which it's such, these like little journeys are so interesting, but I won a flash fiction competition with the Irish Writing Centre here in Dublin the Writers' Centre, sorry, and they gave me, I think, which is, I think, a great prize. They gave me a free um, course with their centre, which they can be quite expensive. So it was great. I got to go and I did Nula's flash fiction course. Um, and then Nuala and I got talking and we got talking about you know, Irish language writing and she invited me to be on her editorial team. So I was super honoured and I'm on it with some amazing writers and, uh, you know, it's really, it's opened so many doors. It's been such an interesting experience and yeah, it's great. So um, as I say, anyone can submit to Splunk and we're we're new and so it's exciting and we take all types of flash and we take micros too, which of course are 100 words or less and they're becoming my favourite because again, I just think the challenge of saying something it's like cutting down your speech for for whatever it is you're doing you know if you can say something in a few words i think it's such a talent if you can make people feel something in just a hundred words or less it's it's incredible i
0: I think uh albert einstein said something about this he said there's a quote uh by Einstein that said, if you're unable to describe whatever it is you're talking about in anything more longer than than a sentence, then it means you don't actually uh, know the topic. So it was something I actually, I I, I took a picture of this quote because I I thought it was so powerful, but it's on the phone here, so I can't look. But essentially Mm. it says that idea that if you can't, and, and I do this in the classroom, right? If you can take, everybody loves to go on for like three, four pages, but can you take four pages make it one page, make it one paragraph, and then summarize yeah. that entire paper with just one word, right? Like to do yeah. that is is a lot of fun and it's a good challenge.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I always say, because I think writers can get like a bit devastated when you say cut that down to this many words, but I always say to people, why not split it in two? Why not make this short story two pieces of flash and two, two separate incidents, you know, because sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you can split it into 10 and it's so interesting to see then how that piece stands on its own as a piece of flash. Um, I think it's really worth doing. As you say, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. It's different.
0: Oftentimes, right? Writers tend to, it's the question you ask yourself, are you writing this for your audience or are you writing it for yourself? So oftentimes We write way more than we need because we need that backstory in our own mind to tell the story. Mm -hmm. But the writer, Mm -hmm. the reader doesn't actually need all of that. So you could end up cutting, you know, I I actually, I'm a killer of prologues. Uh, Whenever I'm working with an author, they hate me because I'm a huge fan of cutting the prologue. And why? Because most of the time, the prologue is really just for the author. The reader doesn't need it. Let's just get right into the the heart of it. Let's just start this. Uh, So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I, yeah, anyways, we reviewed uh, a
1: book, an Irish language book for a podcast. It was actually a translation of Steinbeck's of Mice and Men to Irish, which just oh, was published. And it's incredible, like it's incredible. Uh, er Loch Agus Er Gwina is the name of it, and it um, is really incredible. But the prologue was super long and we discussed it on the podcast we were like why did he make it so long like it's it's unnecessary and who even reads the prologue like i don't often read prologues i'll be i'll be honest sometimes at the end but i think yeah say it say it in a short number of words and
0: people appreciate it tight right concise so um yeah. that kind of brings us into wrapping this up i'm i'm i ask everybody three things that i i personally i just find interesting first is uh Coffee or tea? What do you think? Are you a coffee drinker, tea drinker, both? What are your
1: thoughts? <laughs> well, I, I need coffee in the morning and I love a fancy coffee, but I'm Irish, so I couldn't pick coffee. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I pick, I know, I I know, pick tea because it's one of our, one of our big drinks. Um, and in Ireland, you have to choose between Lion's tea or Barry's tea. And so I choose Barry's tea.
0: But yeah, really? I have coffee
1: in the morning and I have tea in the evening. So, bit of both. <laughs> I, I
0: actually do the same, but I'm I'm always curious because, especially uh, in America, there seems to be a hard line between coffee and tea drinkers, and it's and it's fascinating yeah. to see on a writer to writer basis uh, who prefers coffee and who prefers tea or a little
1: bit of both. Uh, I so think we a- need coffee as writers because we're always up late. We're always writing in the middle of the night, right. like night owls. Yeah. So we couldn't live without coffee, but tea can be calming. <laughs>
0: Is. all right um next is what gets you out of, mo- out of bed each morning like do you have a quote a motto a song like what gets you into the to the groove like how do you embrace each day as a writer
1: <laughs> as a writer I think one that one that stands out to me in a lot of ways and especially in the last few months that have been so difficult for so many people is um this beautiful Irish uh, proverb that that is Erska Achela Avaran Nadina. It doesn't translate directly, I don't, I don't think. Again, I think it's two different languages, but the general sense of it is that we as people live in each other's shadows. And so like nothing can be done without working together, without each other, without leaning on each other, without support of each other. And definitely for writing, that has been so true. People like Gina, people like Nula, I mentioned earlier you know uh, my fellow writers railton who runs our irish language group and um, they those mentors are really so important and and our like colleagues and our friends our fellow writers we couldn't do it without them and i think we couldn't have done the last eight nine crazy months uh without supporting each other and, and loving each other you know
0: yeah yeah I uh, and actually it kind of sounds a little bit like the last question i was going to ask do you have a a piece of advice or a tip for anybody listening. And I just even love that idea of the support systems. I think that's a good takeaway. But do you have anything else, like a a tip, anything, anybody listening that's interested in writing, interested in Irish language, anything at all?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think just being that classic thing that everybody tells everybody, but it's really, really important is being authentic, being yourself, being honest. Um, I think if you can, give a bit of your heart, give a bit of your your who you are and a bit of your story. It it can be hard, it, it's personal, it's your choice whether you do or not, but that's what I've done with my writing and that was something that Gina pointed out to me when I lived in the States. She said that I wrote with, with my heart and, and, and that was obvious and it's like it's something so beautiful to do. And I think all of us can do it. All of us can share those things. And, you know, it's really like, that's the privilege of writing when you can see into somebody's heart or soul, or you can see something personal from their life. And so I think don't be afraid to do that and just be yourself and don't take all the criticism that you get because it's your writing and it should be you. It shouldn't be all of the critique that you receive. I think you, you take feedback. You consider it, you improve, but you be certain that you stick to what you believe is right too, you know?
0: Absolutely. And that idea of authenticity, you can feel the difference in writing when you read something from somebody where they had fun and where they enjoyed the writing and the process. You can feel the difference. Uh, And I think that's something I'm going to take to heart even today as I'm working on some writing lately is have fun with it, you know, like enjoy it uh, for anybody listening. Uh, so, it, again, thank you again for being here. Be sure to check out Lisa at uh, Lisa, I-C-A-N-B, at Twitter, on Twitter, I should say. And if you have any questions or if you want to be a guest on the show, anything at all, anything you've heard today you want to know more about, email me at david at woodhallpress.com. Uh, and that's it. Thank you again for being here today.